Hello, how's it going? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Buttonista Podcast. It's me, Taylor Miriam Rayo, the Buttonista. And believe it or not, a couple people over the weekend went up to me and said, are you the Buttonista? One woman completely botched the name. I think she said, are you the butt? Are you the Bustinista? No, my bust is not that big. I wish it was actually a little bit bigger, but there are some things in life you can't control, but I can control this podcast, what you're listening to for the next 30 something minutes until I decide I need to go to work. And of course, I feel prepared for this guest free episode. We were rocking a few weeks with some great guests on the show, but I have had approximately two sips of a cold brew coffee with almond milk. Yes, I'm changing my life. I'm changing my habits to fit into my macro lifestyle. So I have no reason to believe that I am not qualified and prepared to deliver you a lovely show. But before I do, I want you to know about a new thing, a very new thing. It's a new URL that I need you to go take a look at. I need you to read, expand your brains down to the Hudson Valley area of New York State. It's kind of like the question that we ask sometimes on Two Buttons Deep, where does upstate New York begin? I think the Hudson Valley is another one of those areas that we can't really say for sure the start and the end of. And I know someone's going to prove me wrong because I'm sure now that I'm saying this out loud, the Hudson Valley is probably a much more defined region. I would say it's like past East Greenbush, like Kinderhook would probably start the Hudson Valley. And that's the part I don't think is true. You know, I went to Broad Street Bagels recently. I figured that was the start of my Hudson Valley tour. However, the reason I am telling you this is the Albany Times Union is expanding down south to the Hudson Valley to bring you all sorts of lifestyle content, real estate content. Come on, bitches. I know you're nosy. I know you want to see what people's houses look like, especially in the Hudson Valley where people are moving up from New York City, starting cool restaurants, relaxing, chilling out in this beautiful area of upstate New York that is just very close to home. So go ahead and check out timesunion.com slash Hudson Valley, especially as this weekend comes up. We are approaching Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial slash official start to summer. And it's time to make some plans if you're not ready to travel too far yet. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the Hudson Valley area that I would recommend you check out. You want to feel bougie? Go to Hudson. See Malcolm Gladwell working on his latest book. I've seen him down there. I saw a famous person named Malcolm also saw him down there. They have it all in terms of Instagram-worthy spots in Hudson. They have the antique shops. They have the coffee shops. They got it all going on. But you're never going to know about it unless you subscribe to the Times Union. And if you listen to me, you know that I do, and I love it, and I'm a huge fangirl, so go ahead and do that, and uh, you'll make me a very happy girl, and you'll make my podcast very successful last week, by the way, with my guest. So guests are a good thing for this show. I don't know how many of you hang on till the end when I bring them on, but last week with Kristen Garzone, she is about to run her ninth marathon. Um, She talked a lot about mental health, being a mom, what her running routine is like, fitness, how the gym has really saved her in a lot of ways. My God, say a prayer because I, I want the gym to save me. I want to be saved by the gym. Jack went to go donate blood the other day and I was reading the requirements because I actually got, um, what's the opposite of ditched? No, I guess I got ditched. I got, I got played people. We were supposed to go donate blood to the American Red Cross. Shout out to our advisor, Joe Bonilla, who this is like his benefit and his fault. He had asked me if I would go donate blood. 
And I was like, okay, to be completely honest, I've never done that before, but I'll do it on camera. I've done a lot of things on camera that I've never done before. And Paul Rudd was going to be there because he lives in Rhinebeck. Speaking of the Hudson Valley, wow, what a great tie. I am a phenomenal person right now, um, as you can imagine, because I'm not even recording this because I look like a piece of garbage. Um, so Paul Rudd was going to be there to celebrate their 140th anniversary of the American Red Cross. Jack and I were going to go give blood and someone on said team that was advising and putting this all together and coordinating the Two Buttons Deep visit completely disregarded me and my name from all of the emails. Um, I had no idea when it was, where it was, if it fell through, whatever, and then the morning of the blood drive, Jack's like, I'm going to give blood. And I was like, oh, like I never got the emails. And he said, they told me you bailed. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? But this person, this coordinator is a hater of mine. Someone I actually went to high school with. So <gasps> gasp, how rude. You didn't like my obnoxious self that, you know, met you in middle school when I was wearing skirts over my jeans and armbands from Claire's. Like, how dare you? How more authentic could I have been now? Like as I was then, like, come on. Anyway, so they told me, they told them that I bailed on the blood drive, which is so not true. I don't know if the photo we got of Paul Rudd was an original or that was a repost. I'm pretty sure he was in and out of that blood drive. I think it was at the Albany Capital Center. But Regardless, I actually have no idea where I was going with that story. Besides the fact that when I had Kristen Garzone on the show, she was our most viewed podcast of all time or most listened to. So we had a ton of downloads in three days. It's so cool to see the show picking up and having people, you know, within their own networks kind of share it out, promote us, get some new follows. It's very like mutually beneficial, I would say. Um, someone asked me the other day, like, you know, what what's the benefit of these people coming on your shows like what do you do for them and I'm like wow I never really thought of it like that before I thought I was helping them I'm obviously there to promote them hype them up let them tell their story I mean it's just like going on a late night talk show it's talking about you know something that you have that you want to promote something that you're really proud of something that you're accomplishing in the area or if you're just generally a very cool person who wants to come on and chat so I know I put it out there a few weeks ago if anybody had guest recommendations, my favorite one was um, the Hey Babe podcast, which is actually Sal from Impractical Jokers. That is one of my flaws in life um, is that I am a huge Impractical Jokers fan. I don't know how you can watch that show and be above it and not laugh out loud. So I haven't listened to that podcast yet. I should probably check it out and continue to aim for the stars when I book my guests. But that was a great episode last week talking about mental health. Someone actually just reached out to me about a mental health gala that's going on in September, maybe some opportunities to get involved there, even though I did skip my second appointment with my therapist. I was truly too busy, which is why I called her to complain about my life was because I was too busy. And then I bailed on her because I was too busy. So I will have to reschedule that. I told her to check in in about four weeks. I mean, what is this, a manicure pedicure situation? I don't really know, but I'm thinking I probably shouldn't have canceled that appointment because I have felt very anxious recently. And that is a new thing for me. I always hear from a lot of my friends that they feel anxious. And I'm like, I don't know what that's like because I have no problem sleeping. I have a pretty, even though very busy, normal routine that I stick with, not a lot you know, out of the ordinary, or if it is out of the ordinary, I can handle it. I, you know, kind of just roll with it and fit everything into my schedule that I need to. But over the weekend on Saturday, I just felt this like 
I think it's anxiety. I think it was anxiousness, which I don't usually feel like something bad was going to happen. Like somebody was mad at me. Like I was doing something wrong or I wasn't doing something I was supposed to be doing. It was a very weird feeling. So it might be time to pick up the phone and call my therapist again, which I recommend apparently all of us do because it's making our lives a little bit more calm, calm like the Hudson Valley. All right, moving on. I did a very long ad read for them. They don't need all that. Um, I did want to get into a little bit of what's new with me before we get going on a couple other items in the podcast. We have that news story that is absolutely viral now about the high school yearbook photos originally reported by the Capital Region's own Ben Ryan, who is now reporting news down in Jacksonville, Florida, near where the incident happened. Um, We have, of course, our fashion trends to get to. Every week I try to touch on a couple fashion items, whether I'm putting a question out there to you, the audience, or I am just kind of simply telling you something that you don't want to know. And it's the latter today. I think I'm telling you something that you don't want to know. And if I remember, I want to touch on vacation travel too, because I saw some absolutely tragic things on the internet this past week um, that I just... I'm still reeling from the screenshots of my phone. Um, it's It was bad. So we'll get into a little bit of fashion trend, a little bit of national news. But before that, what is new with me? Well, obviously, I've been so focused on having my guests on the show that we didn't really talk too much about what was going on. I don't even remember what we talked about last week. Um, when I'm at the garage, when I'm filming in the podcast studio, it feels so much more official. And I think Jack has been listening to me the past few weeks. So sometimes I say things because I think he's going to look over and get his reaction. Other times I feel like I can't say things because he's going to look over and give his reaction. So today I'm coming to you from my couch. I have a blanket on. So I said Memorial Day weekend is coming up, but I still put my heat on in my car. And I thought yesterday to myself, I think I might be a heat year round person. Like that's where I'm going. And my actually I'm way too insulated to do that. Like, if I was really skinny, I could see wanting to put the heat on in my car, but I'm too insulated. I still have, like, hibernation weight on me, so that might be a clue into how my macro diet is going. I started the top of the show saying I had some coffee with almond milk, so I have changed a few habits, curbing the weekday drinking besides the happy hour that I went to last night. Almond milk in the coffee instead of half and half. You're not really supposed to drink coffee at all when you're on the macro diet because it's an appetite suppressant. So some of the coaches that I've worked with in the past in my pre-hibernation weight days said cut the coffee, but that's just not possible for me. Um, But one of the things that they said with the diet, which I've been following very well Monday through like Thursday night into Friday afternoon, um, I've actually enjoyed like this meal prepping situation. I don't prep for the whole week because I think that's insane. Um, And of course, being insane is the key to success if you didn't know that. So I understand why people eat bland chicken and vegetables for a week straight if their goals are really that concrete. But I'm not into eating the same thing every day. I've never really been a leftovers person. However, I can eat kind of the same snacks every day. So I've just been eating, you know, carrots, lots of veggies. I make a protein smoothie in the morning, which is a lifesaver because it kind of kicks off your day with protein, which if you've ever done this, it's calories, fat, carbs, and protein. And protein is the hardest number, I think, for females to hit because you constantly have to be eating all day and it has to be something pretty substantial. So 
you know, you have to find your ways around, like just eating slabs of meat, like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. You got to eat yogurt, which I know for a fact, I've said on the record before, yogurt is the most depressing food on the planet. There's nobody in their life that enjoys eating yogurt. But when it's 11 grams of protein and uh, zero grams of fat, I have to say, I can enjoy it a little bit more. So we're doing it during the week. I haven't really seen the scale go down too much. The waistline, not a bit, but I'm only three weeks into it. I know already I'm probably going to have to do more than eight weeks of this. It stops July 4th. I think I go away July 4th. And then the bachelorette party in Nashville, which is kind of my new goal since the wedding got moved, is August, mid-August. So I might have to add on a couple of weeks here. But once you get the hang of it, you start counting, you start tracking. Um, Obviously, you guys know I'm the water police, so I have no problem hitting that gallon a day. I've seen so many girls with that major jug that's like a parade for yourself for every like ounce of water you drink. It's like, good morning, sunshine. Keep it going. Stay hydrated. Your dad's not going to love you anymore. Oh, shit. I'm not allowed to make your dad's not going to love you anymore jokes. My dad listened to the podcast once and was like, I'm very upset that you said that. I love you so much. And I'm like, yes, dad, I know. Listen to the internet. Daddy jokes. They just play. Okay. But it's like this encouraging gallon of water that you can find at your nearest TJ Maxx or Marshall's. I don't think it's that hard to drink that much water, but I get asked a lot about my skincare routine as we've also discussed before. And I always say water is a huge ticket to success. So if you're on any kind of diet or you just want to be a little healthier like me, maybe go buy that encouraging thing and don't make a daddy joke about it. Just let it follow you and guide you through um, a very hydrated life. Speaking of Marshalls, speaking of anxiety, I've been talking as well with people that are saying that they have problems sleeping lately. I think it's the allergies or that's what they say. Everybody's blaming everything on allergies this year. I think allergies are the new COVID. You know, you used to have the excuse that you couldn't do something because of the pandemic, because that you were scared of COVID. And now you can just pass all your problems off to allergies unless you are addicted to nasal spray like me, which really honestly has solved my allergy problems. And so was moving out of like a historic 1800s home that was probably riddled with things that make you have allergies. So I've actually felt pretty good the last five or six years, but people complaining about allergies, people complaining that they can't sleep. And I've been getting up at 5 a.m. Well, no, that's so not true. Wow, I'm such a liar. I've been trying to get up early to go to the gym at five and made it into a couple classes off the wait list. That's where I was going. They said, you got to work out four times a week, um, which hasn't really been possible with my schedule and being on this wait list all the time. But yesterday I did start off my Monday uh, getting into the five o'clock class, woke up at 4.15, you know, got myself there. And I just thought, I had this moment where I was like, I cannot believe how many regular American psychopaths we walk among every single day and those people are 5 a.m. people at the gym. The fact that the earliest class in the morning has the most people on the wait list and that all of these people at the gym were chit-chatting and socializing, you would have thought it was like a happy hour event at 5 a.m. And it's not like it's my first time ever going to the gym that early, but it just was this moment where I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this many people are crazy. 
But like I said, you have to be insane to be successful in life. And those people have abs and I don't. Back to sleeping though. This all kind of ties together, I think. I don't really know if it does. And that's just, that's the problem when you don't get enough sleep, I guess. But I do get enough sleep. All I wanted to say was I wanted to talk about 5 a.m. I wanted to talk about sleeping. And I wanted to talk about Marshalls all at once. Because I woke up the other day. And I did not have a nightmare. I did not have a dream that something went amazingly great or horribly wrong in my life. It wasn't an action movie. It wasn't an adventure. It was me at Marshall's. I freaking had a very memorable dream that I was at Marshall's. I had a bikini top in my hand. I believe it was white. And I got called to a meeting and I was like, oh my God, I must have stopped at Marshall's before this meeting and I need to go. I wanted to check out. I saw all these cute sale like dresses and skirts and I ditched the bikini top, vowed to come back later, left Marshall's, looked to my left. There was a new Starbucks in an old storefront that I remember. And I literally woke up and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, where's my life that I'm having dreams of shopping at discount retailers as if my life doesn't revolve around clothes enough? And I'm just like, is my life peaceful? Have I made it? Like, is this the key to a good night's sleep? Is just literally dreaming of things like Marshalls and TJ Maxx and Home Goods? I just thought it was a very bizarre moment. And trust me, I have other dreams that are on all other ends of the spectrum, but it made me think, I wonder if this has ever happened to any of you. Obviously, recurring dreams are a thing. We don't have to look into the science of all of that. But I, when I had this Marshalls dream, when I looked to my left and I saw this Starbucks, I realized I was in the Clifton Park Center Mall and my entire life since I was a little kid, I have had vivid recurring dreams of being inside the Clifton Park Center Mall. When I was a kid, they were of getting kidnapped. So trust me, I, there, I've had traumatic dreams. I remember getting kidnapped in front of like they used to have like an arcade and I had dreams on multiple occasions like of the same setting of the mall. And it's always like a different version. So like in your head, it's Clifton Park Mall, but it doesn't exist the way that the actual structure does. And over the years, like very memorable times, I've had dreams in that mall, in that vicinity. And it just looks a little bit different, but it's still recognizable. I used to have dreams, recurring dreams that I would somehow like get in the driver's seat of my mom's car when I was a little kid and end up like driving away with her, um, with, with her not in the car, like before it was pay at the pump gas. I used to have an absolute like heart attack when she would go in and pay for the gas because I was like, this is Kidnap City. Like, do you see me right now? Um, but I would drive away because I would be scared. So literally probably 20 I don't know, 23 or 24 years later of me having dreams of getting kidnapped in the Clifton Park Mall, Madeline style. If you ever saw the real movie, Madeline, please text my number for help in counseling. That was the scariest movie. She got kidnapped at a carnival, and I think that's where the dream started. But I have recurring dreams about apparently Marshalls and Clifton Park, but I have definitely recurring dreams about the Clifton Park Mall. And then, sadly, I've had recurring dreams about me getting on Saturday Night Live and I'm like is this destiny is this me being a failure in life that maybe that's my real goal and I'm not pursuing it Jack told me a few weeks ago I need to start a stand-up notebook because if you have jokes if you're a person that makes jokes regularly like me 
you have to write them down or you're going to forget them. And there's just something about your iPhone notepad that I don't think does the trick for me. You know, I'll make really quick notes. Like I made a note the other day that said for the podcast and I never got to it. So you guys are welcome. I wrote a note the other day that said Osama bin Laden smile. It's like after you go out drinking and you wake up in the morning and you see what the last thing you Googled was. It's usually something very concerning. Um, I literally had written down that I wanted to talk to you about Osama bin Laden's smile. So um, I have a couple jokes written down on my phone. But if I have recurring dreams about Saturday Night Live, I think I got to get with it. I think I'm like, you know, we're only a few years to 30 here. So maybe that's one of my dreams or maybe I just want to score a really good bikini at Marshall's. But those are a couple of new things in my life. Last but not least on new in my life before we get to the news two things about the same friend, which I know she doesn't listen to my podcast, so this is phenomenal. Um, One, I got asked to go to happy hour yesterday, and it was a beautiful day. I had some errands that I wanted to do after work. Um, Speaking of what's new, I have a little bit of a green thumb. I'm trying, even though I just got my nails done. Beach Babe ANC, I think it's number 105, is the best neutral nail color money can buy. Highly recommend if you're just trying to get back into the nails game after a long pandemic. Um, I love my Beach Babe color. I just got it. On the same day, I bought a ton of plants. So I need to go in the garden and do some planting. Someone at the um, plant store, I don't know what the hell you call that nursery, looked at me and she said, you look like you know what you're doing. And I was like, wow, thank the senior botanista because she has the green thumb in the family. She's taught me probably 25% of what she knows about gardening. So um, I have some plants that I need to plant. So expensive. Another fern situation. Um, there's obviously shortages of farmers now, supplies. It, there's a whole a supply chain situation that's happening in the plant world. So if you do need flowers, I also recommend that you get on that ASAP. But little tangent, I was going to plant my flowers. My friend asked me if I wanted to go to happy hour in Saratoga, which is unusual. I have a couple friends. None of my friends, unless they're from out of town, really ask me to hang out. So it was one of those situations where I knew I wanted to kind of drop everything to hang out with this person. I love a good, you know, happy hour on the patio, $5 margaritas at Hamlet and Ghost. Can't say no to that. But selfishly, as much as I did want to actually see her and do something social after work, I also wanted to do my errands. But I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get this girl to take my outfit picture. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to have a shallow moment where I'm taking this opportunity to have someone take a picture of my new cargo pants, wide leg jeans, we're trending, we're in. I tested them out yesterday and I liked them. They made it look like my diet was actually working. So part one of me being a bad person is that before the night ended, of course, I, you know, asked if I could use her photography services, which she has an interest in photography. So I think it's fair. Hold on. I need a sip break of this almond milk iced coffee. Yum. Just kidding. It's like not that good. Um, so I yes, I kind of conned her into taking my picture, which she was happy to do. So that just means I'm a good friend, but I'm not that good of a friend. And then second, I think I'm gonna set this person up and I am terrified. I don't know if any of you have ever set anybody up before, but there's been a lot of dating chatter. A lot of new things um, kind of coming out on the market, I guess. People are sick of the apps is what I'm hearing. This is actually why I want to have my mom on the show because she has some 
really unbelievable dating stories for somebody in her 50s that is trying to use dating apps. It's bizarre and honestly terrifying for the future if you remain single. Um, but this is a friend who's kind of kept me in the loop on what the online dating scene is like. She says she's kind of been on and off with the apps more off than on recently. And we have a couple gals that we know locally, Becky Daniels and Gabby Fisher. They're starting basically like an in-person dating meetup. They're featuring singles in the capital region. I mean, I think it depends on, you know, what level of motivation you have to find somebody if you're really comfortable breaking out of your shell. But it is pretty wild to think that people have kind of backed off like the spontaneous going to the bar, meeting somebody seen and a lot more couples that, you know, are successful and are still together will proudly tell you they've met on dating apps. So I think the apps are, you know, a fine thing, but probably at the end of this pandemic here, people want to just get out there and meet people in person. They don't want to be dragging things along, talking online for, you know, an extended period of time. So I wish more people were open to getting out there and meeting people in person. But something this friend said to me, which obviously led to the potential setup was, you know, I think I just at this point, I feel more confident in the fact that me being with somebody is going to come from getting introduced than me meeting somebody on an app. You know, she likes the comfort of like, okay, this person's kind of been pre-vetted. There might be a couple things in common that we can talk about and um, you know, I think that's fair. So my mom, luckily, um, I don't know why I said luckily. That's a weird thing to say after what I'm going to say next. My mom luckily works with a bunch of guys. I don't know where I, well, that was not where I was going with that. But if I have single friends, I always say to my mom, hey, do you know anybody at your job that would be interested? So she happened to have someone in mind for my friend I found finally a recent picture because that's the other thing. How are girls supposed to, you know, expect them to find guys when you go on somebody's Facebook page since Instagram profiles are private or non-existent for a lot of men and find pictures from like 2014? Like that's not going to sell yourself, especially if you're in a setup situation. So my mom luckily had a recent picture of this guy. I thought he was quite handsome, showed it to my friend at happy hour and she was like, let's do it. You know, I'm open to to meeting, to texting. So we made the handoff last night, shared the contact info, little precursors, sharing of pics behind the scenes. This friend offered to send me a nude to share first. Kidding, but not kidding. Maybe she does listen to my podcast. Maybe she listened to Anissa talk about how to protect your nudes before she just offered them up to a total stranger. But I am really hoping there will be more to report on this. This friend has been single for a while. She's very open about not loving the single life. And I, if I could be the one that ends her problems and sends her into success, I'd love to see two people that are kind of in my world end up together and be happy, or at the very least, maybe go on a couple of dates and bang. Who knows what the long-term success is here, but um, I was kind of excited that this is a, a potential, you want it to work, but you also don't want to be responsible if it doesn't. So if anything comes of it, I will keep you guys posted. I'm sure a lot of you have either friends that are dealing with the same kind of thing or navigating it yourself. I will say, based on the style forecast for men this summer and how poorly dressed other people's boyfriends and fiancés are, if you are single, just look at some photos of your friends with their boyfriends. It might make you feel better. 
um, if their fashion is really subpar, you're like, all right, you know what? I, I might have a better prospect out there, but that's a me problem. I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna get too into that because that's my uh, my own criticism getting in the way. And I'm not saying my boyfriend is an epitome of fashion either, but um, he's a handsome, handsome man and the best guy around. So I understand we make sacrifices in life. All right, wow, I'm talking for a long time this morning. The coffee is kicking in. Before we get to the national news story, I want to remind you, once the coffee kicks in, once you're on your way to happy hour with your girlfriends, or if you're prepping for a brunch at 9.30 in the morning, Miller Lite is the beer to do that with. I got after it after I stopped counting my macros on Friday night at Center Street Pub in Schenectady, and I threw back a couple of Miller Lights. Whether you are can or bottle girl, we did that debate a few months ago. I think, wow, I can't even remember the results. I think I said I was team bottle, and I think I won. I think more people were team bottle. Obviously, cans are more practical if we're going to the track this summer. But the third one, well, actually, I guess there's four options to drink Miller Lite, right? You have your cans, which are great for fishing. I haven't been fishing yet this year besides the one boating trip I went on. Cans are great for fishing. The track, crushability, obviously, if you're going to throw a few back. Bottles are for sitting at the bar, if you're not going to go crazy. Classy times, um, fridge compactability, I'm going to say, because bottles of beer fit a little nicer in your fridge. There is no better view than opening the fridge and feeling like you are not a college kid who only has beer in there, but has a beautiful mix of alcoholic beverages that you can entertain in the summer. Perfectly stacked, labels in the front. I learned how to be a merchandiser at DeGrasseni. I know how you do the twist and you see all the Miller Lights perfectly stacked. So I'll say bottles are best for feeling a little bit classy when you're drinking a beer and somewhere where it's like air conditioned or cold because bottled beer definitely gets, I feel like it gets warm faster because of the color of the bottle. Then you have draft. Draft is for a hot day it's for a lunchtime beer it's like I need something on draft that you can bring over and it just comes to me in a frosted glass and it looks so appetizing it looks so amazing Miller Lite on draft is not always available but when it is I do choose that option but last but not least the aluminum cans are a great summer way to drink your Miller Lite the twist top you got a nice grip on that thing the design is always pretty cool. That one reminds me of like a, like they're tossing it to you. Like you're at the horseshoe and it's so busy and they're like tossing you a beer. Or maybe you're out on the golf course. Girls, any golfers out there? Who's wearing a golf skirt this summer? I wish. Who's wearing a visor this summer? Just tell me. Be honest if you're wearing a visor this summer. Golf cleats? What are your golf accessories? I'll tell you what your golf accessory is going to be. It's going to be an aluminum can of Miller Lite. There's no doubt you can find it out on the course. It's only 96 calories, so I'm sure I can find a way to fit more than a few Miller Lights into my macros. So if you are wondering, I'm not, I'm a girl. I don't want to drink beer. You know, it's too filling. I'm going to be bloated. It's not a summer drink. Listen to me. You listen to me in the past. You're here right now. Go ahead. Suck it up. Change your habits. Become a Miller Lite girl this summer just like me and you will be happy. All right, girls. This is a very interesting story. It's made national news after Capital Region local Ben Ryan, I believe, broke the story. Ben Ryan's a cool kid, a great follow. He just moved from News Channel 10 in the Capital Region down to Jacksonville, Florida. What a smart boy. What a smart young man moving down to Florida where there is clearly 
plenty of crazy more news to report in year-round warmer times and chiller vibes. Ben Ryan reported that 80 high school girls in a town in northern Florida reported to have their yearbook photos changed for modesty reasons. So they deemed they are high school pictures inappropriate. Basically, they had cleavage. They had straps that were too skinny. And a bunch of creeps editing the high school yearbook went over in Photoshop would be generous. Photoshop would be a very nice thing to say about what they did because what they did, it looks like they took a whiteout marker in whatever color of clothing the girls were wearing and just added a little piece of whiteout tape over their cleavage, over their straps. Parents are outraged. They're saying, first of all, this is so gross that this is how you're looking at our girls in their pictures. The girls are feeling like they are being overly sexualized and kind of objectified by deeming what they were wearing as inappropriate. The one girl, her name was Riley. She's the one that's in all the headlines. They are using her yearbook photo as like the before and after. She's literally wearing a cardigan with a cami. So you, first of all, cami, throwback. I don't know if they, they definitely don't call them camis anymore. But when you're in high school and you're shopping at like Aeropostel, it was called a cami. She's wearing a freaking cami with an open cardigan over it. You could see maybe like her her cleavage was centimeters long and they just went ahead and went right over it. She said, when the school goes out and edits my cleavage in a photo but decides that a swim team photo is okay in Speedos, it sends the message that my body is inappropriate, that my body is, there's something wrong with it, she said. I think an apology is a huge thing that needs to happen in the long-term view of girls' bodies and young women's bodies and the dress code based on that needs to change. I never have ever heard that you can't like show like a tiny bit of cleavage as if that was something that you were concerned, like that you were trying to do. If you're wearing a cami, unless your boobs are freaking huge, like I don't even think that you would be that concerned about it. Other girls are wearing like, like two inch straps and they're going in and making it look like they have like the freaking jaws of life wrapped around their shoulders. My biggest thing here is what that girl and the parents said is like, who is looking at the pictures like this? Like, whoa, this thing's turning me on. Gotta gotta make this a little more modest. Like, that freaks me out. First of all, I thought, like, kids were the ones editing the yearbook. But apparently, this has been done in years past. Um, they Some people at the school don't think it's a problem. It was a woman that made the final decision that these things were inappropriate. I mean, I don't really necessarily expect better in Florida, the home of the strange, bizarre you know, viral content news. However, it's 2021. These girls are doing things that are way worse than wearing tank tops in their yearbook pictures. You can tell by the way that they're dressed that they also probably forgot it was school picture day. It's not like they want their legacy to be, you know, a quarter inch of cleavage. You don't even see them from the waist down. I mean, do you know how many of these girls are probably wearing crop tops, you know, high-waisted jeans where you can see their bum cheeks underneath? But it's their prerogative. If your parents, you know, are letting you leave the house like that, which they should be, you're like, you're a grown up pretty much at this point. You can make your own decisions. I just think this is so insane. 
I am kind of also surprised that it made national news. I mean, this was on, I checked a couple of news sites before I started the show just to see if there was anything else that was worth talking about. And I'm pretty sure every single news outlet, the Today Show, ABC, People.com, everybody's talking about this, crediting, I think, Ben Ryan's reporting, which is why I wanted to talk about it because it's kind of a cool capital region tie. But it's one thing to be a stricter parent and monitor what your kids wear before they leave the house. I remember we had a friend growing up who I think she literally put like eyeliner in her bag and a different change of clothes because she was get she would get on the bus in one thing and then change when she got to school because her parents were strict. It's one thing if your parent wants to say, hey, you know, it's school picture day. I'd prefer if you wore something like a little bit more modest or whatever, like it is a memory. Maybe they want to buy the pictures and send them to your great aunt Kathy in Arizona. But for a school to still be talking about girls' bodies like this. Have we not made enough progress in letting people make their own decisions, be proud of who they are, not be ashamed that they have freaking girl parts? Like, I mean, these are the girls out there who are obsessively shaving their legs every day. They are the most motivated to be in control of their bodies at this time in their life. They're hypersensitive to what people are saying, what people are thinking, doing behind their back. You want to protect these girls, sure. You want them to make good decisions, but telling them that they need to wear a freaking turtleneck in Florida on school picture day is not the answer. And what are the consequences for something like this? Who the hell knows? I read a couple parents that support this and think that, you know, the school's doing the right thing. Um, They're refunding, though, the parents that did complain the cost of the yearbook, which not for nothing, yearbooks are like $85. So at least they're getting their money back on that. But it looks so cheesy to see how they Photoshop. Like I said, that would be generous to call what they did. Um, it just goes to show you, girls, we still got a long way to go, right? We could be doing all we want, accomplishing what we want in our fields and professionally. And there's still going to be people that say, I can't believe you're wearing that. I can't believe you're doing that. And it's just so unnecessary. So kind of goes along the lines of a post that I put out last week that I said, you know, we need to get over the fact that we don't need an excuse to wear something. That's probably one of the most common things I hear when I have like conversations with people about fashion when I'm out and about or somebody sends me like a picture to bounce off an idea of an outfit for an event or something and they'll be like, oh, well, I have this and I've just been waiting for an excuse to wear it. And I'm like, girls, especially in this post-pandemic vaxxed world that we're about to live in you do not take any day for granted do not take any chance to wear an outfit for granted if you feel good in something if you feel like something is a little bit more dressed up than you usually are a little more risky than you usually want to be but you love it and it feels good on you wear it we do not need an excuse to wear something anymore we definitely don't need people controlling our modesty or our level of dressed up. I think that's what we deal with in the capital region more. Here's like, well, I don't want to be the most dressed up person there. Sister, you don't want to be the most dressed down person there. I don't care what it is. You wear it. You don't need an excuse, especially this summer. But that's where I have to end on my trend note of the show today. Even if you don't need an excuse to wear something, I'm going to tell you you're going to have to start making excuses to not wear these two things. And I am so sorry. I am so sorry to say it. But this summer is going to be the end of two trends I feel like have been kicking around for a long time. And I'm not an angel. 
it's not even angel. I've worn these things. So don't think that I'm like a lifelong hater of these two trends that are finally on their way out. But if you're upping your summer wardrobe and you're looking for something new, let's not stick with our comfort zone of these two things and let's start to find something new. It doesn't have to be something super trendy. We can go basic. We can go something that's going to last you a while. But I'm so sorry to report this summer is the end of white jeans, white pants in general, I guess, and off the shoulder, blouses, dresses, tops, whatever. Do I need a moment of silence? How many people just unsubscribed? White pants, I really struggle with. I'm going to say white denim, actually, because you could totally wear a nice like high-waisted white linen pant, something a little bit cropped. I think white pants are cute. I have white overalls that I've worn in the past. I have a couple pair of wide leg like button-up pants from Zara. I just got a pair of like really cute high-waisted white linen shorts from H&M. So it's not that white is off the table, but I find white denim, and I know, I know, your pair from Antel Loft, your like go-to white jean that you roll up or maybe has a raw hem at the bottom, it's really not flattering. We already talked about skinny jeans months and months ago, that skinny jeans are on their way out. What's worse, I think, than a skinny jean is the standard white tight-ass pants. I don't care if your legs are stick thin or you're working with hibernation weight like me. When you see white pants that are too tight, you can see it all, girls. You can see the creases. You can see the little it's too tight indicator under your bum, which all of my jeans feature that indicator right now. So like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not excluded. But I just don't find white pants to be that flattering. It's kind of the version of that meme of all of the girls wearing like the oversized checkered scarf and the, the like fall hat and the burgundy top at the apple orchard in the in the fall that like every girl's dressed the same. Every girl in the summer chooses to wear like some sort of like floral flowy top, tight white pants, those Tory Burch sandals that I truly want to burn in my backyard Please get rid of them and send them to my house. I will burn them in a seance and we'll say a prayer and we'll burn some sage and we'll get rid of all the Tory Burch flip-flops. And the reason why I hate them is, yes, because they're ugly, but also because they're $140. Who is spending $140 to look like every other girl on the planet? White jeans are not flattering. There's very few tops that don't look too basic with them. It's such a uniform summer outfit Every time you go out to dinner, every time you go out after the track, you see tranches of girls in this outfit. And if you want to wear white, that's fine. I love wearing white year round, as a matter of fact. I think the memorial rule is so tired. It's been over for half a decade, at least, that you can wear white all year long. But if you want to wear white this summer, let's mix it up. Let's do a flowy skirt. Let's do wide leg pants. Let's do freaking long shorts, but let's not, let's not give Ann Taylor Loft our money and go buy a pair of white pants. I'm so sorry. And if you don't care about being in, I don't care. Wear your white pants, but just know everyone around you is moving on and you don't want to be stuck in the past. Off the shoulder is the perfect complement to the basic white denim jean, which is why these two need to be talked about in tandem. I think off the shoulder opposite of too tight white pants 
can be very flattering depending on your build. I think it's a little bit sexy. You show off your, what's it called? Your, oh God, not negligee. That's a nightgown. Decollete, deg, I don't know. Your collarbone, okay, ladies, for the unsophisticated. It's a nice way to show off your collarbone. Um, you know, your shoulders are nice and tanned up. You're looking bronze. Unless, of course, you have a terrible tan line. If you got that bikini that I dreamt about from Marshall's, Obviously, then you probably weren't wearing off the shoulder. You weren't showing it off in your most favorable fashion. Um, Off the shoulder tops, the ruffles, you know, you've seen them all with like the folded over ruffle. You tuck them in maybe. You wear it long with your stupid white jeans. I just think there's nothing wrong with it. I just think it's over. I think we bought way too much of it. We saw way too much of it in the stores. I'm sure I have a couple things kicking around. Um, I think the best solution here because this one hurts I think people like off the shoulder because it is flattering it's a little bit different I don't particularly love myself in certain tank tops I think um if you are self-conscious about your arms um like your upper arms I don't know what that's called like your tricep area I think off the shoulder was a good compliment because it kind of got rid of like the hanging over your arm fat, which by the way, everybody has. People used to bring that up in strapless wedding dresses all the time. And everybody has that no matter how many times you get into the 5 a.m. class of metabolic. Everybody's got a little cushy something, something under their armpit. So that's not to worry. But if you're self-conscious about more of the tricep area, I'll call it, like I am, off the shoulder was very kind to me. It made me feel good, sexy, covered up some spots that I felt were trouble areas on my own body. So I have a little bit more sympathy for phasing out the off the shoulder top. I'm going to say you could potentially continue to wear it this summer, but know that it's going to be your last where the white jeans, like I truly hope you get rid of them before summer even starts. Um, But here's my solution to the off the shoulder, because for every fashion problem, there is a fashion solution. There's a next step that is you know, maybe a baby step out of your comfort zone, but in the long run, it's going to be good. You know, I was listening to another podcast the other day about low rise jeans, which the comeback has been talked about at nauseum. But, you know, they had brought up a good point was that at first high waist jeans, nobody wanted to wear. People were super uncomfortable. They didn't understand it. And then now you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine living without high waist. So maybe that's how you're going to feel about ditching your white jeans and you're off the shoulders. How am I going to deal with this in the long run? Here's the two solutions that I have for off-the-shoulder tops. One is getting dresses that have the option to do both. So you'll see sometimes on the model it will have like a puff sleeve or maybe just like a, like an extended neckline, I guess I would call it. Like it's just a very wide V-neck or like scoop neck or something. So you can actually wear it on your shoulders for the most part and it'll still rest there and hang kind of nicely. So you're still exposing a little bit more of your collarbone and maybe the start of your shoulders, but you have support and it's still on you. Um, But the option with those is that sometimes you can take it off the shoulder. So I have a free people dress that my mom got me for Easter that I can clearly see there's options to do both. I can wear it as like a cute little cap sleeve. It's like kind of a flowy boho dress. And then I can also, um, you know, kind of wear it as off the shoulder if I really felt like, you know, I wanted to break trend for the night. Or if you have something that's so fabulous that's off the shoulder that you're like, I can't retire it. Like, you know, let me just do that. The other one that I think is more exciting is that the one shoulder comeback has been coming into the mix. You see basics everywhere now. People just buying all sorts of crop tops that can go with your high-waisted jeans, can go with a bunch of, you know, your bike shorts if you're still rocking those. Um, And I've seen a lot of one shoulder. I think that can be equally flattering. 
Obviously, you can pose accordingly. If you're taking a picture, you probably want the strap in front of you and you want your bare shoulder in the back. Unless you have a freaking rockin' bod, then maybe switch it the other way. I think one shoulder is a super cool neckline to try. You still get that exposure of the areas of, you know, that are flattering your collarbone, whatever. But I think it's fun. I think it's kind of, it's like youthful and trendy at the same time. Like definitely gives me that 90s vibe that we've seen rocking with a lot of different, you know, fashion inspo. The Hailey Bieber's, the, you know, just kind of the pop culture scene, I think is very 90s. Princess Diana, obviously, that's been around for a while now. So there's one shoulder and then there's also like that bikini slash like like true summer like uh, vacation vibe neckline where I don't even know what you call it. Like it's it's kind of like a neck halter. Like it goes around your neck, but it's high. So it's not like your traditional halter with a deep V. It's like the opposite of that. Um, I've seen a lot of girls that look really cool in bathing suits that are that style. Um, same thing. You can wear it with like a flowy skirt or something high-waisted. So I would go check out H&M for some basic crop tops. Even honestly, this is the opposite of off the shoulder. But like I love like the racer back like high ribbed like where it cuts in. So like it's kind of cuts close to your boobs. So you can't really wear a bra, even a strapless bra. But depending on your chest size, I think that's another super flattering option to show off your upper body a little bit this summer. But I just, I hate to break the news on trends that are so like adapted or adopted by society that people are just every year they know they're throwing a pair of white jeans in their duffel bag for like their Long Beach Island trip. But I'm here to tell you it's over. We must evolve. We must move on. And uh, I must move on because I'm going to be extremely late for my day if I talk any longer. But it felt good to be solo again. It felt good to just riff and chit chat and try to tie try to come full circle here because every comedian every wannabe snl dreamer like myself needs to make a few things come full circle on the show i tried i didn't always nail it but i tried and that's why i'm here for you guys every single week thank you so much for listening if you are still here my god you are an angel Go ahead and like the Buttonista podcast, review it, subscribe, rate it. You want to rate it? If you rate it, if you rate the Buttonista podcast, I don't know if I can tell, but you could DM me and tell me, I will send you a four pack of Stewart's Shops pints. We have a couple left over from Big Tip Energy. I would be happy to get rid of them and send you some exclusive Stewart's Shops gear. That's what I am using to sip this almond milk coffee that is going to get me through the rest of my day. Peace, love, Thank God it's Tuesday. I will see you girls next week.